Welcome back to the Stag Raw Podcast. This is episode 309. Um, a wee snippet here from the Seeker Show. I was It was a pleasure, actually, to be joined by Dre, Anto, and Dave from the Hunters Club, Red Stag Timber Hunters Club. Of course, their Series 9, I think it is, is out on Sky at the moment. Um, and if you miss it on a Monday night, you can catch up on the Sky website and app, Sky Go. That's what I've been doing uh, every every few nights when I get a spare time, sitting down on the couch, enjoying what the lads have to offer. They've had some awesome stuff so far. Seeker, Red Deer, Fallow, um, Duck Shooting, and of course this Monday uh, just been is the goat hunting. So um, if you've got access to some goats, get out there, get the tails, enter those in. You could win some awesome prizes thanks to uh, the NZDA and Doc. So without further ado, let's get into this awesome yarn with the lads from the Hunters Club. Make sure you're following them and enjoying some of their awesome content. Cheers. German. Yeah, I was just saying the old iPads a bit, bit to the shame with Dave beside me. <laughs> Although, um, how's Cam's camera after falling in the uh, creek? That's well dead, that one. Yeah, yeah insurance job. Yeah. I wasn't actually there, but Anto was, but just watching the footage play out, like after it all was pretty hilarious. Eh? Cam's got a great knack of um, having a few foibles in those hunts. Eh? He's always got some, something comes back, it's never unscathed. Eh? Yeah. What is that like, Dave, losing the camera in the drink? I've lost a drone in the drink recently on a duck shoot. Actually, yeah, ducks, ducks is probably the hardest on gear. You lost ducks two and pigs. drones on that trip. I lost two within either. the space of two hours. Yeah. I um yeah flew into a tree and then uh, turned Anto's into a submarine, but we got it back to life by putting in the hot water cupboard. So they're pretty resilient. These um these newer drones. Bag of rice or no? I don't know what we do. Something along those lines. But yeah. Amateur hour over here. I've just shot oh, some talking into the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an easy thing to do. Having yeah, watched that rugby this morning. We're all a bit bloody uh, bit shaky down in the dumps. Yeah, it's like having it's like it's got this, like the adrenaline was so high for so long, and then now you're living like yeah, it's just so weird. Ando's been saying as I walk over here, it's like it's hard to sort of bounce back. You need to get some momentum and get show ready again, <laughs> eh? But far out. Yeah, is that is that pretty similar to uh, seeing a big big set of antlers that are nice and long down down the scope and then you look in yeah. and then there's no bays and trays and you go fuck uh, it's just, it's well. just, just the same feeling when we walked out on that seeker after getting so close we went over the side and he roars because this way we, we played this little bloody game yeah. of cat and mouse and uh, walking out when we realised that's it you know, yeah, we've lost final whistle it's like the final yeah, whistle. That, that's the end yeah. of the game you know like that seeker for, for us anyway for the rest for, for another season so yeah. we've got a year to wait but you know AB's got another four years to wait so you know, it must be hard on them but yeah from the Hummer Amateur over here, it's good to see you guys uh, not getting the result. Um, how long have you been scoping that area out, Trey? Oh, we've been hunting, you know, around that part of the world, or part of the country for a while. You know, several years, in fact. Um, you know, on, off off camera and on. So, you know, we we knew the area relatively well, in a sense. But seeker hunting, there's no guarantees. It's like you, you might have a name for the animal and know where he lives and pisses. <laughs> But that's not going to mean that you're going to be able to get in there in the rut and put them on the deck. And I've got a knack of having these vendettas with different animals around the country, um, almost to my own detriment. Like, I can't let them sleep in the sense that I've got to get them. And, and I've come off second best now probably six years in a row. So um, I kind of I kind of know, 
I can have some sort of appreciation what the probably some of those All Blacks are going through. It's like, <laughs> yeah. and then to make to add to add to that is like getting around with the old bow and arrow becomes almost a little bit laughable. I've copped a few bloody chips this week, you know, going, oh, when are you going to shoot some of that damn thing? Yeah. So, um, hopefully Monday night's episode's going to, um, you know, redress the balance. Reg- yeah, yeah, give, give give me a bit more tide in my direction. But yeah, how yeah. how was the transfer, Ando? Like up on the tops down south, and then into the thick shit. Yeah, like, getting acquainted with Subblejack. Yeah, like, I've been up in North Island a bit. It's certainly a massive change. Um, it's two major things that hits me the most is the fact that you do run into people, so it's a bit of a mind shift. Because I just don't see anybody in the South Island. Like, been hunting down there my whole life, and maybe bumped into people once. Is every time in the North Island, I'll, I'll see multiple people. And then it's just the sheer scale is so much smaller, and I think I tend to cover way too much ground. It's like you know, the density of deer, particularly with the seeker, is really high. Small, small area that they're inhabiting, and yeah, you just got to break it down so much. Like it's a smaller terrain, but you got to do everything with way more thought process. Like it's pretty easy in the South Island compared to the seeker. The seeker and that scrub is just hard work and mentally challenging. And trying to get out of somewhere, it might only you can drop down quite easily on top of some of that scrub, and then all of a sudden you're trying to climb out of it, and it's just energy sapping. So, mm. yeah, you question why you do it, but then as soon as you leave, it's like Fiordland when it's pissing down with rain, you go, "Why am I here?" But as soon as you leave, you want to go back. And, um, yeah, that's what Seeker's about for me. It's just yeah, you really want to go back, despite it being probably the most horrible experience of your life at the time. <laughs> and the thing with the Seeker is, that if you watch the episode, the only Seeker that got shot were when I wasn't there, because it shows that the camera does complicate matters massively so yeah yeah and you go sort of bouncing around and you see this spur that spur this spur that spur well, yeah. the, the, well, the this side of the creek that side of the creek yeah exactly so there's all there's all of these things and Anto sort of touched on it there like there's this you know there's a physicality to hunting for sure but there's also this mental component and, and depending on like the type of hunt and the species you're on they've got different draws of that energy or that mental energy and Seeker right up there because you're at these kind of peaks like for big chunks of the day like you're not covering a lot of the ground physically but just being in that like mode for extended periods of time is super energy sapping and then yeah throw in the scrub it's probably but we've been lucky like we've got a good good mate out that part of the world Dan um, and, and he's like a, he's a real legitimate sort of expert in, in, on the species but also like the, the game management side of things so you know we're super fortunate to have a guy like him um, to, to, to call on but also sort of get in the bush and the scrub with him and you know, cast some of his expertise over what we do. So, um, you know, and Damo and Morgs too, some good mates of ours at a base mm. out in the Hawks Bay. So it's always a good laugh for us, even though the hunting's super challenging. It's quite a good good um, time to connect and catch up with mates and stuff like that too. So, and to do it with the show with Dave, it's, it makes it even more worthwhile, but definitely not any easier, that's for sure. Do you feel um, like you've yeah. lost Morgan to the North Island? Will he ever be back down yeah. south to Otago? <laughs> yeah. Big open tops. <laughs> Yeah. I th- he certainly comes down and hunts with me regularly and there's no doubt it's probably as happy place as the South Island. Um, I think anyone that's hunted the South Island really enjoys the ability to see animals regularly, uh, anticipate the hunt, not necessarily even execute it because you, you physically can see everything going on around you. So once you're into that North Island component, it's just a, it's a different world. But um, yeah, anyone that talks about Seeker, like they talk about the, that deer being different to all the rest and from my perspective there's no doubt like even Whitetail and Stuart Island like the bush is so much more forgiving like anywhere that seeker country is like nothing else it's, um, <laughs> and you're, it's we're tough. at the NZDA stand here and you guys are going to be on goat hunting this week yeah that's a different species again <laughs> yeah yeah no, it's actually we've set a record for fast turnaround we filmed last week and it's to be on air next week yeah and so we wanted to touch on the 
the good initiative that Doc uh, have introduced, along with uh, NZTA and all the support of the you know, federated farmers and whatnot. So, yeah, kind of a nice uh, chance to shine a light on something positive. How was that filming? That goat is that the drone right into its yeah we, we well <laughs> yeah no it was it was quite fun but like normally with big game I'm always like can we put the drone up can we put the drone up and the boys like no you know we'll get closer and you know, we'll drill it and I'm like oh, no 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 it would be awesome if we get the drone up so the goats is a bit more like okay Dave put the drone up and if we spook the animals not the end of the world so we're able to get a bit more cutesy indulgent with my um. You know, shot list of fantasies of I want to get a reverse shot with the bullet going through and the goat dropping and all this jazz. So, yeah, yeah, we had we had fun. like and I think early in the season we had Dave was you know pretty keen to get that drone drone oh, yeah. up and we, we spoiled a couple of opportunities so we were just like anti drone and, and it was sort of this, sort of in joke David I think we had, he actually like legitimately had he was like, oh, like the drone's an option here we could you know get him up on his feet and then hurt him and I was like no <laughs> no that's off the table and. Um, but yeah. you know, the, the, the reality is, is that you can't capture any like, the stuff that we do unless Dave's got the like the eye in the sky and getting the angles. Because otherwise, it kind of in some cases it almost makes the sequence. Yeah. Because it gives you the perspective, and and they're doing some, Dave's doing some pretty tricky stuff there with them at the moment. So yeah. I remember the first ever the pilot we shot, bloody ten yeah. years ago, we hired these guys to, the next day after we finished the hunt to come along. They had a, a big. A octocopter, eight-bladed monster, and it took two men to operate. And we reenacted a whole lot of stuff. The guys walking up the hill, walking down the hill, walking along the face, and they they'd fly this drone, and we get like ten minutes flight time, and, and we got like seven or eight really good shots. And I was like, awesome, we'll do that on every shoot. And then like within like two months, DJI started releasing these you know, you know prosumer models, consumer models, and I was like, oh, I don't have to pay ten grand extra per episode because I don't have to hire these guys and a whole another day of shooting. So it was a good time to start with the aerial filming. Yeah, an absolute game changer. And how are the goats down south? Are the the uh, skippers still chocker full of them? Yeah, there's 50 there's fewer now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no shortage of goats around, um, but there's a lot of really strong management around them. Like Doc does a lot, the local landholders do a lot, and then there's obviously the foot hunters out there doing their bit as well. But um, there's no shortage of goats, um, particularly down south at the moment. But they tend to be reasonably well managed. I think it's one species that everybody agrees upon that they. Um, need to be controlled but they've got some positives like they're obviously a good eating animal as well and you know they are an adversary when you hunt them in the big terrain like where we were hunting them recently it, it's no mean feat to get in there and hunt them like it's big country like if a somebody yeah, like, full if, yeah, on mountain like hunting if a seeker hunter come down to there they'll be like thinking this was tar hunting like it's um it's big country but obviously you're not being so selective around what animal you're after so you sort of just make the most of whatever opportunity pops up any goat is um, good to put down which makes it kind of enjoyable it's a big change from evaluating everything it's just the positive aspect of just taking any of them down is um, yeah it's encouraged when I was editing <laughs> when we first saw this big mob of goats after like an hours long climb up this ridge you started saying oh yep no, that's a mature group there's a couple of, couple of takers in there and, I'm, and as per normal I'm editing the rings. that's a good little piece of audio I'll cut that here drop that in there and, you know builds a sequence I'm like hang on He's taking the piss. He's <laughs> just like, he's just going to drill everything. If it's brown, it's down. Yeah, yeah. cleaning it up. But, yeah. but there's actually, like, that, I mean, I've been sort of banging on about it all, all week while Dave's in the edit, but, like, it's a real, it's a big deal for, like, the NZDA New Zealand Hunters, and, and that, that collaboration's huge. Like, we, we really, I, I'm, I'm singing from the treetops about it because, you know, having a hunter-led 
incentivised kind of approach. Like, in my opinion, that, that's really without getting too political about it. But but that that's a that's a legitimate answer to resolving some of these issues. Like, if if we as hunters can show that we can put a real decent dent on these on the ground on foot, mm. well, you know, like, hey, like that, that's that's maybe a legitimate route we should take for all of our mm. game management and. and Rather than burning millions of dollars and putting stuff that we don't want in an environment out, out there, like you know, get incentivize it, it, incentivize it, and get hunters out there because there's a massive upside. Like I really enjoy it. Like it's it's good times with the boys. You know, we, we had some pretty big luxuries. Like, to be honest, we were like back yeah. back country. You know, and mate, and mate Hamish was hosting us. You know, beautiful back country hut. You know, we were whining and dining in the spa and had a spa you know, cooking up bloody goat on the Traeger. Like it was a good good trip. But like that was that was the that was a you know, awesome take home from it. It was really enjoyable, you know. Absolutely. At the same time, doing some management. Yeah. Now you guys are getting five seasons out to the world. Is that right? Yeah, we just released the first five uh, through a kind of video on demand uh, service. We've just, yeah, we decided time for the US and bloody everywhere overseas that email us all the time asking, hello, watch your show. And give them a platform to, to view it. We've been throwing the odd pit here and there on YouTube, but yeah, it's nice to collate it all into one place. Yeah. So, and, and they have been putting you in the socials and the website or like oh to be honest mate oh, I'm so stretched editing and filming at the moment like the social side yeah, well, I mean, falls by the wayside well yeah, it's, it's hard because it's like mid, mid season in terms of yeah. this stuff going to the air so um, one of our other mates um, John that's helping Dale is like we're sort of pushing it in between those those episodes airing so you know you can simply head over to huntersclub.co.nz and, and you know the streaming service is there for your taking you can buy the whole five se- you know, seasons or you can just pick off each season as, as you want pretty express price really but, but um, yeah it's just the ability to share all that stuff to the wider audience outside New Zealand, um, you probably want to avoid the bow hunting ones with Dre because they <laughs> yeah. tend to be a bit more walk in the park stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, there's probably, but there's something there for everybody, I guess. But it's actually, I was just looking at some of that stuff the other day, just thinking how far we've come in terms of not only our own maturity in front of the camera, but just um, what we what we're doing. It's quite cool to you know the change and yeah. and how um, and how the show's progressed. So it's cool to see that. Um, Do you have a record for the um, beat button, Dave? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely on Spiros. These boys aren't too bad. Um, yeah, Celsius Spiros is shocking. Yeah, right. Oh, the language that comes out of those Pirates. boys' mouths. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you have to watch it fall through when you're doing your voice? Or um, I generally try to just to get the sentiment of the of the edit and the script. Because sometimes, like in the early days, I'd just be like blindly in Sky Studios, just talking to a piece of paper, and they're not kind of realizing like the tone or the sentiment of what yeah. Dave was kind of putting together. So the inflections and the ups and downs, but even also just matching the voice to what's actually playing on screen so now you know, we've got a bit of a system but I'll look at the drafts like fully through just to get an idea in some cases Dave will like pre pre VO it just to kind of give the, the sentiment to what he's trying to get across and then especially the if there's like a dad joke or a pun that needs to have a hit yeah, you know, yeah, you need yeah. to hear it. David actually incorporated a few, like, you know, like references to different musics, music and artists, oh, yeah. and like there'd be like singing components or lyrics as part of the voiceover. And I tried to actually sing them, but they were so terrible, I just yeah, took them out of the work. That just doesn't work. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But the, my favourite swearing incident was with um, Dre last season, we were bull tarhan up in the snow, and Dre fired off on a you know, 350 metre shot, but you were just high. 550 mate <laughs> <laughs> anyway and, and I left the camera rolling and he's just sitting there by himself and we, we're all kind of like at peace with it we'd kind of done our pet, you know oh, we'll, we'll carry on and Dre sits there and he sits up and he's just talking to himself under his breath I hit the record button and he's like I don't know what to do wrong there just bloody took a breath and then he just it just held for like three seconds and it almost looks like it's a static shot that's just something's gone wrong then he just goes 
<laughs> it was just a beautiful kind of like five second, six second long shot. Normally I'd never hold a shot that long, but I just knew it was coming. Fuck! And it, yeah, it was one of my favourite moments. Yeah. Oh, just beating himself up. Can't take those bullets back, eh? Hey? Yeah, see, Andrew doesn't have any of his moments. He's just like, I'm a cold hearted killer, man. <laughs> yeah. like, like every, every bullet that finds the mark, and I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm spraying them all over the hillside. <laughs> Tune, oh, tuned yeah. in on those big ones, eh? Yeah, I've been very lucky, to be fair. Yeah, a, the, the goat, I was actually genuinely impressed with it, mate. That, that shot yeah. at the uh, that long range goat last week was incredible, you know. like That's the other thing, too. Like, they are a legitimate challenge when you think about it. Like, you know, we will hunt big game species and body size of them significantly bigger than just, like, you know, the old Billy who's, you know, two foot off the ground. And you're talking about a vital, it's, you know, a dinner plate, less than a dinner plate size to, to kind of test your uh, marksmanship. But they're, they're, you know, it's, a, it's a good opportunity to do that on the goats. Mm. Confidence building. Yeah. Mm. yeah. On, on the dad front, where's the all in, in dad and how they <laughs> Well, yeah, they, 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 I guess Yuli's busy. Oh, you mean in terms of being dads? Or? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're all dads now. All dads. We're all, all dads. Yeah. Multi dads. Multi dads. I, yeah. I think we've all got a few. Yeah. Like I've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old. And a two, 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 three, two, three. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Next funny. It was after hunters. the show. I got sort yeah, of dragged down to reality yesterday. I, I had to wrap some stuff up here and, and head back home to drop some stuff at the SCI guys and. And Anna, my wife, was at home with the kids, you know, the whole day, whole weekend. And for her, that's probably just a nightmare. It's like, oh, you're away hunting or doing stuff for the show. And I walked in home, and it was just screaming kids running around and kids, you know, break. And I was like, oh, kind of just brings you down a peg and go, oh, that's right. You know, I've got duties to do at home and whatnot. So, mm. yeah, dad life's, I'm enjoying it yeah. for sure. Yeah. And the, and the kids are nearly there? They're interested or? Oh, my five-year-old fizzes on it um. <laughs> you, you were testing out the shotguns yeah yeah and it's a hard to juggle whether he loves his fishing or his hunting more but um it's hard out when like i probably underestimated his abilities and you've got to step back and let them grow as they wish like when they're asking to take the rod and do their own casting you're thinking no oh, you're gonna bugger up this fish and then you're like ah what's the worst you bugger up the fish and there wasn't they cast and then he starts telling you he's and let it sink and you're like man this guy is listening to everything put it this way the, like the, ha- the whole the whole in. dynasty of outdoors and hunting is in very good hands <laughs> yeah yeah. oh it's mad like he was talking through like how to fish to my old man the other day my old man comes down and stays quite regularly and I was like this is nuts like this kid is better fisherman than most of my mates and he's five <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just waiting for him to you know hit tent and then we can put this yeah, old, yeah. old I, put I, him I out to pasture yeah, yeah I, I can't wait just to sit behind the spotting scope and yeah. just um <laughs> yeah, just watch it all happen. Go recover that. Yeah, there. new host, new host. Yeah, yeah. You might have to get past child labour laws there. Let's. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a thirty kilo pack boy. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the walking thing. How do you guys find that? We took our eight year old and five year old for an eight k the other week, and I was just like, oh, you, you girls did it. Like, well, maybe we can get to the bush. Hey, they're, they're super resilient, eh? Like, I, I when we were living out, um, out at Wahi and Wahi Beach, like, um, my girls, they're not super engrossed in the hunting component. I don't really push it with them, but in terms of, like, getting out in the outdoors and doing stuff, yeah, we, we were getting, we were clocking up some serious Ks there um, with, with my daughter, who was five at the time. You know, we, we, she wouldn't even bat an eyelid at a sort of 10 to 15K pack in and pack out, so, which is quite cool to see. But I, I, my, my opinion of it is, like, if, if, they if you just normalise it, then it's not a thing. It's like, oh, it's not... I find that a lot with um, some mountain hunting and some of my mates in the North Island that want to go down south. Like the fitness and climbing and walking component is quite a big deal to it. Like mm-hmm. the deal to actually going and doing the hunt rather than focus on it, focusing on the hunt. So I f- my, my take with the kids is like, let's just do it so that it's normal, you know, like going on a 
that's three-hour walk is just part of the job, you know, or part, just part of going out in the outdoors. But now they kids are super resilient. I took them and I flew the kids into to my my just almost sense my wife rolling her eyes right now. But like decided, oh, let's do a kids school holiday trip midwinter. Flew them into the Kaimanawas, and it was absolutely freezing. But they're so resilient, man. Like they didn't miss a beat. They loved it. You know, rugged them up, and, and they had a blast. You know, coldest weekend of the winter in 2022. Literally winter blast, dead of the season, and, and yeah, didn't hear a peep out of them. Like they loved it. No, the kids are motivational. Like when it's raining on the weekend, and I'm thinking, yeah, sweet, kick the legs up and watch some TV. My boys is like, let's go do something. And then you're like, it's raining. He's like, we've got rain jackets. And you're oh, like, oh, nice. yeah. You're like, yeah, we actually do have rain jackets because if you get softer, the older you get. But like that concept of being wet and stuff's just not a real thing to a kid. Like it's just a thing you deal with and move on. So I, th- I think as adults. And we're not, well, I don't know if I'm adult yet, but you can look at them and you actually learn from them and let them guide the way. Like, make it their journey and they'll tell you how far they want to go. And that's the way I sort of roll with it. I don't, certainly don't push them. They probably don't, th- probably won't realise it now, but there's there's some resilience to build out of that that they, that they don't even know about now that that'll hold them in good stead in the future. So. But the secret is always taking three pairs of clothes. Yes. Yeah. As soon as you get near water, <laughs> right off that whole set of clothes, the gumboots, the boots, the clo- like, just yeah, yeah you've just got to be more prepared. Like, remember, don't even try and stop them. Just I don't. remember walking the uh, my daughter. We like was finishing work late, and I was like, oh, I will still go. She really wanted to go on this tramp, and there's a bunch of other friends. And I got back to home quite late, and it was like already dark. I was like, no, nah, we're going, knowing that we would get to the hut at like eleven o'clock at night, and it started piling in, pissing and rain, and we did. We made it to the hut with my you know five year old, and, and the hut was kind of full of people. And then Sips got in touch, <laughs> and we roll in. We roll into the hut, you know. I walk in with a you know five, six year old, and soaking wet, and um, there was no room in the hut, so I've had to like crash outside, and I've just sort of taken a swab out from underneath somebody and shoved it in front of the fire and put it there. And in the morning they woke up, you know, there's a five year old kid sleeping <laughs> by the fire, and that, one of them had thought that, that she'd walk, you know, this kid had just turned up the fire herself, but I was just outside sleeping on the, on the on the deck of the hut. But again, it was just you know, she didn't wasn't to bother her. The, other, the others at the hut were sort of like, wow, this is kind of crazy that there's a five-year-old kid in here soaking bone wet. But you're right, like, probably could have resolved that by taking a few extra layers and some dry clothes. <laughs> We've been talking about doing a father-son, father-daughter type mission for a while. And I think we're almost at that point now. Um, yeah, the kids are getting old enough. My daughter came on a hunt last year and, yeah, loved it. So. She's the star of the show. Finding all the first crayfish, yeah. 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 Beautiful. Well, speaking of 11 o'clock, lads. 11 o'clock so you better get on to your next sponsor and appointment I think we're out out at the Traeger tent eating bacon and uh, yeah you'd have to get out mate yeah I was going to say Darius from um, from with Wilds like docked up some awesome goat there so that'll be worth um, getting down and tasting that Mm. but yeah have a fee thank you so much lads cheers man cheers thanks Joe awesome mate thank you lovely awesome